How you doing, Ed? Pretty good. I was bored after what, what was that? The 87th take. Yeah, finally got it now. <laughs> um, I, yeah, you're right. I think in that intro there, pretty rubbish week all around for football. Obviously, United capitulated in the last couple of minutes uh, against Everton. Valencia virtually snapped, snapped his leg in half. But a couple of positive notes today. Looks like Hargreaves is on the road to fitness. Miracle, miracle. I, I kind of want to believe it's true. But I don't. I mean, I'll, I, I would absolutely love it if that turned out to be the case. Just, I mean, whether or not he ever comes through and becomes a Manchester United mainstay, just on a personal level, you know, the kid's been through a, a very, very rough time of it. And it'd be nice to see him on, on the other side of that rough time and, and have some, live up to some of the promise that his career showed. Yeah, and, and, and maybe repay some of the, the, you know, wages he's picked up over the last couple of years while not playing, I suppose. It, it's, United signed him, you know, it's, it, 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 I don't think the player owes anything for having paid wages, been paid huge wages and, and been injured, because it's not like he got himself injured, you know. No, I mean, it's interesting because he, he blamed Bayern Munich for poorly managing his comeback from a broken leg just before United signed him. So there are still a lot of questions to answer about why United signed this player that clearly wasn't fit enough to, and uh, why he passed a medical and, and all of that. But if he can play again, that'd be great. It, it still, for me, has got to be such a long road back from here. I mean, we've seen Gary Neville, and obviously Gary Neville's a, a few years older, but he never really made it as the same player again. He's essentially a bit part player now. And if Hargreaves comes back to be a bit part player that adds something to the squad, then that's fantastic. That's more than anyone ever expected. Uh, if he comes back as the same player, then that's a huge bonus for United. And I, I, I don't think after this amount of time out, anyone should expect that just yet. No, and, and realistically, I'm not sure anybody does. And just quickly touching on... Uh, Manchester United signings that perhaps shouldn't have happened. Um, Bebe played in the reserves this week. He did. Uh, United got spanked at, at home, well, at Moss Lane, Altrincham, by Aston Villa 4-1, but uh, Bebe played the full 90 minutes. I didn't actually see the game myself, but um, asked around and reports say that he was he was pretty good. Um, not a world beater, but good potentially a good option some promise there obviously uh, I saw a couple of games where he played for Portugal under 21s recently he looks like he's got bags and bags and bags of pace uh, decent touch on the ball just needs the ball in front of him to run at defenders he 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 doesn't look like a striker that wants to play with his back to goal and and by uh, um, I think you know anyone's reckoning he is he's a little naive and I guess that's to be expected he um, he's well, this was his first game outside the Portuguese third division or a few pre-season friendlies and a, and a couple under-21 matches. And the Homeless World Cup. And the Homeless World Cup, which, um, yes, that's right. Of course, the uh, the 2010 version of the Homeless World Cup is coming up in, in Brazil. And he won't be so part of it because he's no longer homeless. I assume uh, United have got him a nice hotel somewhere. So we, we can't put it off any longer. Let's talk about the uh, football that has happened since we last got together to talk about these sorts of things. Yes, well, um, Everton first, I suppose. And and I actually thought United had a pretty, pretty controlled performance. I mean, shaky defensively. Uh, I, I thought Evans, unfortunately. I, I don't like to sound like I'm having to go at the lad because I'm not. I think I think he's a genu- genuinely talented player. But he had another, another game uh, against a physical opposition uh, where he just didn't look quite at the races. And, and it proved to be the case. And and United, and uh, not, not blaming Evans solely for this, but uh, the last two goals both came from crosses. 
First one, Cahill got between Evans and O'Shea. Second one, uh, uh, obviously Fellaini got above the defenders and, and uh, was able to get it back to Artessa. And, and uh, pretty pretty shambolic, really. And uh, I think Alex Ferguson was uh, rightly angry about that. Um, one of the things that we talked about uh, last season was a kind of a lack of leadership and some of the qualities that you traditionally associate with Alex Ferguson, Manchester United sides uh, being missing and, and capitulating like that. It, it, it did seem a very, very un-Manchester United-like thing to do. And I don't know whether that's a communication issue. I mean, Vidic is the captain now, but uh, and and you know he speaks decent English, but he's not a tub thumper. And I, I I don't actually subscribe to the view that United needs some kind of tub thumper in the side. You know, Roy Keane style. I don't think we necessarily need that. You do need someone who's defensively at least going to organise. And Ferdinand is a, a really good communicator in that respect. And and that's going to bring a lot back to United when he's back in the side. And I assume after playing against Rangers, he'll he'll also be back in the side against Liverpool. Yeah, you would hope so. He looked pretty decently fit against Rangers, not that he had very much to do, because uh, the the busiest people in the Manchester United staff this week, of course, have been the ground staff repairing the uh, tyre tracks across the two 18-yard lines as our Scottish cousins came and parked several coaches in front of both goals. Yes, and, and we thought they were all left at the DW Stadium where Rangers fans were forced to go first. But no, uh, one of the, the most negative performances I've ever seen, and I include Inter at Barcelona last year in this, uh, they, they, it was incredible from Rangers. But but I guess they would argue, and, and fair enough, that... Um, they had, you know, little to no choice. It's, it's a shame, though. You kind of, you kind of hope, even though, you know, the plucky underdogs um, uh, are, you know, on on this occasion, sort of, you know, a million pound side versus a hundred million pound side, even though it was reserves. Uh, you'd, you'd hope they'd have a go, but they didn't. I, I wouldn't hope they'd have a go because, I mean, yeah, it'd be lovely because if they had a go, we'd destroy them. Um, but I think they did exactly the right thing. I kind of have no criticism whatsoever of their... I'm not going to get all Arsene Wenger about this. I think they did exactly the right thing for Rangers. Very, very, very smart. It's, it's you know, the fear that we've all had, really, that, that world football in general was going to learn from Jose Mourinho and just start doing things the Mourinho way. And that involves closing down the spaces and not really necessarily being interested in having the ball but just stopping United from playing and our we are particularly I'd say you know Rangers clearly don't have the talent of Inter Milan defensively but we are particularly vulnerable to that type of team because of the gaping lack of creativity in the centre of our midfield you know oh, the, the, it's, it's horrendous and, and Gibson was awful and again I don't don't want to feel like I'm just having a go at the lad for the sake of it but he was awful and and yes, uh, you know he looked United's best goal threat insofar as every time he got the ball within the you know within Rangers half, he had a shot, and and clearly that's uh, one of his major attributes is shooting from distance. But but that can't be it only. And I thought his passing was extremely negative. It was always wide and side, and and he, you know it didn't look like he was the man to unlock any defence. And there was no one playing between the lines. I mean, he almost never got ahead of the ball, Gibson. And just and you know I hate to bang on about this, but just watching Meza Özil twice this week for Real Madrid um, against Osasuna at the weekend, and then against Ajax in the Champions League, and he's absolutely magic. And he just he he he's 
brilliant at finding not only technically brilliant on the ball and a great passer of the ball but he's so good at finding the space in between defence and midfield and uh, bringing other players into play and, and United should have done anything to get him uh, and you know even if he had then said I don't want to come to United because United had put in the biggest bid and offered the best wages and schmoozed him and sent Fergie over and sent Fergie over to chat up his mum and seduce her or whatever was needed <laughs> United should have done it and they didn't and uh, we've missed out there because we're going to go through the whole season moaning like this when Paul Scholes isn't in the side uh, yeah absolutely and it's got me thinking this week about our place in world football do you remember when we signed Veron? I remember having a conversation with you where the two of us were absolutely blown away that we'd gone in with that kind of money for that kind of player it was just an unheard of move Right, United. Yeah, totally, and and remember in the context of that Veron signing. Veron was one of the very top players in the world, and playing in Italy, where it was the place to be, and and all of that kind of stuff. And and United hadn't done that before, plucked a major star out of Serie A. Yeah, and yeah, and you know people kind of forget how significant that was after the fact because Veron wasn't deemed to be a success in England. No, absolutely, but that's very recent. That is. Uh, what 11 years ago 2001 yeah um right so less than 11 years ago nine years ago um i thought it was i thought it was 2000 i thought it was the season after we Uh, won the around then yeah yeah. yeah. um it's a decade ago so for a decade we've been competing for the best players in the world we got wayne rooney uh cristiano ronaldo although i guess we probably took him you know early enough um and berbatov very kind of top level signing um, by the way terrible week but Dimitar scored again um, and yeah, I think t- he, 21 I, to go Paul 21 I, to I, go I was, I was kind of joking in that first episode but now I'm firmly behind Project 25 this season get, get your money on him uh, Rio when we signed him he was a kind of top top player and had been outstanding in the previous World Cup and interest from all around the world and and you know so we have been competing on the global stage for player acquisitions but it's a very short period of time that we've been doing that for and we've also missed out on a lot of players in that time and I think we have a slightly overinflated sense of our place in world football at United I really do I I mean it's it's a club with an incredible tradition and the best manager anywhere in the world and it's it I can't imagine ever being a supporter of any other club it's Manchester United the very words just kind of sing out glamour and success and all those kinds of things and fantastic attacking football but we haven't always competed for the best purchase in the world and even if they had given the full treatment to try and capture Mesut Ozil if he really wanted to go to Real Madrid he would have just gone to Real Madrid well, you know? yeah, well, maybe, but I, I, I mean, I do believe, and I'm, I'm absolutely certain there was a window where English clubs could have got him. Um, yeah, that was in the early summer, just um, either just before the World Cup or just after. And it, like, it's not like United hadn't been looking at this lad for a long time. It wasn't based on five games at the World Cup. United yeah. was long-standing, and he was absolutely blinding a year ago in the Under-21 European Championships. So uh, people have known about him for a long time. United had the chance to move and didn't for whatever reason. Um, and we, we can, I guess, we can come on to to talk about the um, 
the finances in a bit. But but it's just that type of player. I mean, it didn't have to be have to be him. And and maybe you're right. Maybe maybe right now we're not you know the the biggest club on the planet, the one that you know every player wants to go to. Maybe you know we're down the list with the kind of elite clubs, which include Bayern Munich and AC and Inter Milan. And you know maybe right now we're a level below the Spanish clubs because that's where people want to play because it's the glamour league right now and. And you know, Real Madrid attracts a certain type of player, and Barcelona attracts a certain type of player because of uh, of the football they're playing and all the success they've had. And uh, yeah, maybe we need to recognise that also we can't then compete on the financial level for all the reasons that we we do understand. Still, still, you know, we we got onto this because there's just such a glaringly obvious hole in our squad, and everyone recognises recognises it except the key people. But the thing about the Ozil signing is the numbers are not crazy. It's not like David Villa, you know, who obviously we kind of just couldn't sign because the money was unaffordable and would be to most clubs in the world, you know, let alone our shocking kind of financial status. But we could have afforded Ozil. Oh, damn right. I mean, you know, it's just frustrating because... Why wouldn't we have turned it into an auction? You know, God damn it, he's gone for 15 million euros. It's offensive uh, in the current market how <laughs> cheap that is. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's two bebes. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, United spent more on 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 Bebe and Smalling than Meza Özil cost. You know, and maybe these two guys will turn out to be blinding players. Maybe they will. They're going to need to be. Uh, for the for the amount United spent on a, a couple of unknown players, but here we have is a you know someone who's a genuine world star now, and he cost what twelve point four million pounds. His, his wages are massive. He's he's on yeah you know net close to a hundred uh, grand a week. So you know sort of you know Wayne Rooney esque wages, but you kind of expect that right for the the, yeah. the standard of player. Yeah, and whatever United's financial realities are. We can afford a couple of players on that kind of wages, you know, you would have thought still, just yes. because of the level of turnover. The thing that I don't understand about the financial side of it as well, because this is not someone at the peak of his career. This is someone very much in the kind of, you know, mould of players we've been buying, except actually good and proven, you know, right? because he, he, he's young and he'll, he'll in Three years' time, if he's on a five-year contract, you'll get plenty of money from Mesut Ozil. Plenty, plenty of money, yeah. And United missed out big time there. And look, look, maybe he desperately wanted to go to Real Madrid. He didn't make those noises, I have to say. It's not, this is not Ronaldo who said, I, I, you know, it's my dream to play there. He, he said, he specifically named United before saying this would be a club I'd be prepared to go to. He was looking for a move. His agents were hawking him around. Everyone was in play. Uh, Real Madrid made the most concrete offer and you know there you go that's what happens but but anyway so you know we'll go to Liverpool game next weekend uh, actually with a playmaker because Paul Scholes will play although you know of course he'll be significantly deeper than um than uh, you know perhaps we'd like him to be he causes less damage playing 50 yards away from goal than 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 someone like an Ozil would do but uh, you know he he is our he is our genius and uh, you know he will play against Liverpool because he didn't uh, take part in the the debacle that was the Rangers game it is only Liverpool of course and if there's one team that have uh, looked pretty damn poor so far this season it is Liverpool Jamie Redknapp called Fernando Torres I believe disgraceful against Blues last Sunday I think that's probably a bit harsh given clearly like much like Rooney at the World Cup Fernando Torres just isn't fit um, which is great news for 
United on Sunday, um, Liverpool will not be able to park the bus against us in the same way that Rangers did, you would hope. And so there'll be some space. Um, do you think he'll play 4-5-1 with just Rooney up front on his own? No, he said in the presser today that Berbatov will definitely play. So unless unless Rooney's oh, going good. to play wide uh, in a three, uh, it's going to be a 4-4-2. OK, well, that's I think that's very promising news. And even if um, it is Rooney wide, I think personnel-wise, that's still a lot better than Park being one of the wide men. Who, by the way, whenever we're having trouble breaking a team down, I always think... The second the game looks like it's going that way, even if it's the eighth minute of the game, take Park off and put someone else on because I, I love Park. Who doesn't love Park? But he never looks like he's going to contribute anything when we're struggling with a lack of creativity. Oh, no, not, not at all. He, he doesn't beat a man. I mean, look, obviously loads of energy and, and uh, uh, you know, he's bright around the box and everything, but he's he's not going to be the person who who picks out the killer pass, is he? And he's not going to. He wasn't ever going to beat the fullback, get to the byline, and stick in a perfect cross. Um, he he's and, the man. He's away from home park, isn't he? So yeah, 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 absolutely. And also, if the ball does kind of break to him in the box, you never really fancy his chances of, of finding a finish, even though he has obviously scored some important goals. He's missed a good many chances in his time. Yes, uh, so, he certainly look, has, yes. I always think that's a possibility. But yeah, anyway, so so even if Rooney's playing wide, both Rooney and Berbatov on the pitch would be good news. What we haven't talked about, of course, was Ferguson's decision not to play Rooney against Everton and to come out in the press and say, I'm not going to play him because I don't want to subject him to the kind of abuse that he's going to get. What on earth do you make of that? Well, I didn't believe him, um, to be honest. Uh, I think it was a convenient excuse for actually being dropped. Remember, he didn't play against Fulham when, word has it, uh, he wasn't actually ill. And this story was uh, supposed to break and there, of course, there's the, you know, the work behind the scenes to try and get the injunction. So, um, I think he was dropped, and I think this is Ferguson's way of, of saying to Wayne Rooney, you're not indispensable, know your place, behave like a Manchester United player. Now, of course, that's just my theory. It's one held by other people too, uh, not proven, and, and we will never know because because Ferguson keeps this kind of thing behind closed doors, and rightly so. But um, I don't think it was anything to do with the abuse. Um, David Beckham got much worse in his career after 98. Paul Lintz went back to West Ham. Eric Cantona went back to Leeds. So, you know, what were they going to do? Uh, he loves this kind of thing. He, th- he thrives off it. I, I don't think anyone calling him a few names uh, or making some chance about his uh, wife or, you know, maybe soon to be ex-wife uh, would have harmed him that much. So, no, don't didn't believe that one for a minute. Well, I'm going to say that I somewhat disagree with you. Um, you may well be right, but my reading of the situation is actually that Wayne Rooney was in a fairly delicate psychological state at that time, genuinely, and the impact of potentially losing your marriage is incomparable to the impact of going back to a club you used to play for and being abused because you left that club. Because when you're being abused for something that you... Okay, when you you go from Everton to Manchester United, for yourself, you know that that's the right thing to do, right? And so you go back to Everton, you get loads of abuse, but you can at least have your kind of integral self-esteem knowing that you did the thing that any one of those people would have done in your position as well. The abuse is part of the pantomime of football, and it's all within the context of football. However, when you're humiliated on a national scale and 
you've you're kind of clearly Rooney's been very positively affected by the birth of his son. Um, it, it, it's kind of changed his behaviour in public in a in a fairly dramatic way. It's to it's changed his behaviour on the pitch. It's it's obviously a very significant thing to him. And as anyone who's a parent knows, there's no bigger life changing event than becoming a parent. And when that is what's at stake then I think the personal abuse has a potentially a completely different personal impact than football-related uh, abuse. But, again, that is just a theory. And it could well be that you're right, and it's just Sir Alex being... But it's a weird spin to pick, because the th- doesn't that say, OK, well, everyone, have a massive go at Wayne Rooney, because if I'm, I think he's going to get loads of stick, I'm not going to play him. Yeah. Yes. It does, yeah, it does. It says you, if 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 you want to get Wayne Rooney out of the game, yeah, yeah, try and destroy him from the terraces. Yeah, yeah, and also like it, it says, it kind of sets all that stuff I've just said. It kind of puts out there into the ether that Wayne Rooney's in a kind of mentally weak state, which you know, just even opposition central defenders, you know, whisper in his ear or whatever. You'd hope that most footballers would be professional enough not to do that, but whatever, you know, it's. Yeah, it, 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 the whole thing is very strange indeed, and he looked dreadful again against uh, Rangers. It was kind of World Cup Rain Rooney again. I thought his control was poor. It was, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely didn't look on it, but um, you know, although in in training beforehand he looked, you know, happy and jovial, laughing and joking, and all that. They had the open open training session and and. Uh, and all that. No, we'll see. You know, God, if if uh, if something can't inspire him out of his stupor, then uh, you know, like the Liverpool game, then nothing will. So. And uh, you know, of course, it's at home and it's against Liverpool, so there'll be a good atmosphere. I have to say, I, I talk about this every time we play Liverpool. It's my least favourite fixture in the calendar because it's the it's the time I like least being a United fan because I'm just I, I just hate the casual use of really offensive um, terminology and just massive stereotyping and what could it, could this be things like uh, calling <laughs> yeah. them bin dippers and uh, granny stabbers and uh, yeah yeah you know jobless scouse layabouts and you know what that kind of thing yeah yeah exactly yeah, all yeah, that yeah. No, I definitely don't agree with calling them dippers because, yeah. <laughs> all that all that harmless fun in inverted commas that makes our it makes our society worse Ed like news of the world journalisms and that lawyer from the wire that I talked about last week that um, <laughs> Awate very kindly posted uh, the YouTube video in the comments and uh, by the way if you haven't watched that clip it, First of all, if you haven't watched The Wire, Rantcast wholly endorses the going out to your local HMV or clicking through on Amazon, getting yourself a box set of season one. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, of course, on the pitch, uh, United will be looking to gain some momentum after, after obviously, the draw against Rangers and the draw against Everton and drop points at Fulham before that. And, and there probably isn't a better team we could play right now other than the Dippers. They're, they're, they've hardly been in great form themselves. No, Liverpool FC have not been in good form, have they? Been very poor indeed, and we surely are much better than them, however far we seem to have uh, fallen. 
we 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 should be a lot better than them, and they're not going to park the bus as we said earlier. So no, they I, won't. And I think Ferguson will put out a pretty experienced side as well, and you'd think it'd be one good enough to to turn Liverpool over. I mean, Van der Zyl will be back. I'm sure Ashe will be back at right back, and we'll have Ferdinand and Vidic in the middle, and ever at left back. And I I guess Nani will switch to the right wing now um, that uh, Tony V has shattered his leg in several places, and 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 Skulls Fletcher in the middle, and and I probably park on the left wing right something like that oh yeah or maybe Rooney Uh, it's Tony V that was so sad wasn't it it's gonna be that's gonna have a really significant impact on our season I would have thought yeah I mean such an important player for us and he he was he had a really good season last season and you just kind of feel uh, especially especially at home right especially against sides you want who want to part the bus that kind of pace and direct running and and you know having the the two options uh, across both wings Nani and Valencia was a, a real addition and now it feels like we're quite short in wide areas because you know Giggs is getting on Park as we've discussed is is not the most creative of players and Nani will hope you know especially from his kind of favoured right hand side will have a really great season but then feels like we might be a bit short sometimes down the left wing yeah I mean it's it's pretty unlikely but if Bebe could come through in the second half of the season play a few games he might have a good chance and and where is Gabriel Obertan well, he played last night in the reserves. He played in the same game, and uh, he he picked up an ankle injury pre-season that was supposed to keep him out for two weeks, but kept him out for an awful lot longer. Um, who knows with Obertan? I mean, he's shown uh, bits and pieces in you know now and again, but he he's played what I think he's had eight games uh, overall for United, and, and most of those are as substitute and quite a bit of reserve team football. And he's just just doesn't feel like he's progressed yet. Um, he's kind of got to do it now, hasn't he? Absolutely. Um, and of course, my one great silver lining in all this is that Berbatov is going to play on Sunday and, and I am indeed confidently predicting you know what I'm going to go out on a limb I'm predicting a brace I think Berbatov's going to get two this weekend oh getting cocky now you Berbatov fans <laughs> um, so I want to really do this but I guess we have to what's going on with this pick business well, um, one second, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, w- w- one other thing to mention about um, the game on Sunday, of course, is it's Old Shirt Day. This is a campaign run by a, f- a few websites and uh, mentioned a, a couple of newspapers now. Um, to kind of, it's it's, and you'll have noticed those of you who get to Old Trafford or watch it on the telly, uh, there's a lot less green and gold around at the moment, and you can kind of understand why the steam ran out of that one. So this is a, a subtle idea to, to show you know, your displeasure with the Glazers by wearing an old shirt, so pre-Glazer days, and which I, I've taken to doing uh, anyway. I, I wear my 1999 Champions League shirt, the matches. Uh, and uh, yeah, so if you're going to Old Trafford, um, get your old shirt on and, and uh, have a go at the Glazer family, who have been in the news again in the last couple of days. Uh, turns out a great bit of investigative journalism, this one, um, by uh, Bloomberg, in 2008 paid off well not paid let's let's be right about bought back 20% of their pick notes at a vastly discounted rate because the uh, the obviously the financial market had imploded uh, uh, pick notes like this uh, seen as extremely risky and were being sold off at, at we believe 35% of face value so the glazers now own 20% of the debt uh, they almost certainly remember those uh, director's loans they took out in 2008 that were that uh, were revealed in the accounts. They almost certainly borrowed money from Manchester United, buy back 20% of the debt, not paying off, buy back. So the total pick debt still there, but they own 20% of it themselves. 
they will of course be owed interest uh, on when they redeem the notes uh, and which they would have to pay themselves um uh, so you know it cancels itself out uh, but you my head's united just exploded my yeah head right just exploded. i don't understand any of this long, long and short of it is they borrowed money off united to pay down the debt that they created when they bought united in the first place yeah it's capitalism at its 2010th worst it sucks it's a terrible system it's ju- it's just wrong yeah so but so, and, and there you go i mean this is effectively they will have to pay off it just depends i mean you know we will we'll see on um i think believe 27th of october is the deadline to publish their annual accounts and we'll see whether they took any money out prior to june 31st my my bet and most people's bet is that they won't have done although and this is the interesting bit they do have to if there's any substantial change in funds between the the end of the year which was june 31st and the time that the annual accounts are published they do have to add a note to the account so we may see in a note where they've taken additional money out to pay down more of the pick debt which will be at about effectively really 220 million effectively at about 180 odd million at the moment so what does this mean for us as a club this this means that there's slightly less money that uh, the glazer family um effectively owes i mean the total pit debt's still there but since they own some of it so it's slightly less money that they'll want to suck out of united in order to pay down that pick debt remember they have to pay the pick debt down or be able to pay it redeem it all by 2017 if they don't they lose the club and and the interest rate is now 16.25 percent so it's, it's going up so steeply the sooner they they make there's no logic at all there's no business logic for not having paid this off before other than they couldn't do it so we now yeah. know that they did pay some of it off before that's why they took the loans out from united almost certainly they will use some united spare cash 95.1 million was in the bank at uh, the last accounts uh, the q3 accounts they'll almost certainly use quite a, a large chunk of that they're allowed to take 70 million under the, the terms of the bond why wouldn't they do it it makes no financial sense for them not to do it so they will probably still suck out the same amount of cash that we expected uh, in the short to medium term. Right. Okay. So the, the implications are relatively minor. It just it's it's further proof of how bad things actually are, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a little bit more insight into into how they've been behaving over the last couple of years. It's uh, yeah. As I said, it's it's capitalism at the worst. Yeah. You know, the fact that they borrowed money to to buy the club in the first place and then have borrowed money off the club to pay back the debt that they created for yeah. buying the club is just incredible i mean effectively Every, it makes little or no difference whether they just suck the money out of the club in dividends which is what they're going to do next or borrow the money off the club i mean it's it, this is considered terrible practice by the market i have to add no one in a you know a you know senior financial position ex, you know thinks this is good practice. they think it's a very smart move right. but it's not good practice to borrow money off the, the i mean in fact it used to be illegal but you know it, sadly it is not now Nothing's illegal anymore, is it? It's just, you know, you're allowed to do whatever you want so long as you somehow seem to be making money. I'm sure that's not strictly speaking true, but whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw around knee-jerk, ill-formed, idiotic political opinions if I want to. It's our podcast. But yeah, it are. every time without fail that we have this conversation, I genuinely don't understand how it can be legal. How what they can, you know, it's such a, a huge injustice that it's just allowed to happen. 
Anyway, I think that pretty much covers everything we said we were going to talk about at the beginning of the show. And and when you uh, when you sent through the agenda, I, I wasn't sure how we were going to get through all of it in a timely fashion. But we appear to have done so. Um, the only thing that's left to do is what we didn't do last week and make some predictions about the games ahead. There isn't a midweek game this week, is there? Uh, there there is. United are playing Scunthorpe in the second round of the Carling Cup on Wednesday night. Oh yeah, defending our defending our trophy. I guess it's um, going to be a lot of reserve players and and stuff in 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 that game. You'd certainly think he's going to play some young players. What what might the side look like? Yes, yeah, a difficult one to call. I guess some of the fringe players that we saw in the Rangers game will play. So yeah, you, you, we might expect to see both um, both the Silver brothers. We uh, might see Corey Evans. That'd be quite good. Um, we might see Obertown, we, we may even see Bebe, although I think that's probably stretching it. We, we will, um, I guess, see Michael Owen, Javier Hernandez will probably, probably play, and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, do you think that Michael Owen's going to still be a United player come uh, the end of the January transfer window, um, if he's fit? I, I don't. I don't see what the. I mean, unless unless Ferguson has decided that uh, there's no point having around, I don't see why he would be under pressure to sell him. Unless Owen decides that he really wants the game. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not bothered either way. I, I, I don't see Owen as doing anything bar blocking Kiko Machado's route to the side. And I, I think it's a real shame that Machado is going to spend a third season playing uh, reserve team football by the looks of it. So. I don't think United would lose anything if Owen moved on, uh, and I think they possibly could gain something. Uh, other people have a different opinion, but I, I, I really don't see a scenario in which uh, Ferguson would let him go unless he's decided that the guy is shot. Uh, which it looks like he is, but you know, let's again, let's hope. I hope, I hope I'm wrong about that one. But yeah, I'm going to predict that we're going to beat Liverpool three-one, and Berbatov's going to score two, and Dunthorpe. Are we at home? Away, away to Scunny. All right, we're going to beat them two one. The, the Google unfriendly search term that is Gunthorpe. Yes, uh, I'm <laughs> sure there will be a comfortable win for whatever side Ferguson puts out. I, I don't think it's going to be that comfortable. I, the the uh, early rounds of the Com- Carling Cup are rarely comfortable when we go away to weird teams and play teams that don't normally play together. We, we never look that good. So I, th- I think we'll win, but I think it's going to be a bit shaky. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to beat Liverpool comfortably and struggle against Scunthorpe, which is either a reflection on our Carling Cup policy or a reflection on how bad Liverpool are. Well, yes, um, I think I've predicted elsewhere uh, that United will win 2-0, so I'm going to stick with that one. Otherwise, that would just be completely inconsistent of me, wouldn't it? And uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and a, a comfortable enough win against Scunthorpe uh, midweek. And, and I guess that will be it for today, and we'll, we'll see everyone next Friday. Uh, Catch we- you on the flip side, yo.